What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022. And today on the show, we're looking at the most and least athletic members of the Miami Dolphins and any trends that you might be able to find across some athletic metrics for the Dolphins roster construction. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022. If you're unfamiliar with yours truly, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, we're looking at Kent Platt. If you're not familiar with, he's on Twitter at MathBomb. And he does great work. And he has been working on some athletic metrics that are designed to, and he's been doing this for a, a, a while now. So this is a pretty well-respected measure uh, as far as athletic metrics go across the football space. Uh, but on a zero to 10 scale, how relatively athletic you are as a player for your height, weight, speed, explosiveness, all of that testing combined. Uh, so, so it's a relative athletic score, RAS. And we are looking at the Dolphins roster construction. I have the whole 53-man uh, roster projection that I have for the Dolphins up here, and we're, we're looking for trends. Uh, we're looking for uh, how athletic, dynamically athletic this team is. Of course, from both sides of the ball, offensively, you're talking about a wide zone system. So offensively, your, your backs are going to need speed to the edge. We know that to be the case, but not just 40-yard dash time and, and miles per hour in the open field, right? You have, that's why they do all these athletic tests at the combine to test your explosiveness, your long speed, your short area agility and quickness, your functional strength, and all of that relative to your posi individual position. We have a 0 to 10 scale rated for all the Dolphins players on the 53-man roster. And I also have uh, the correlating uh, player assessment for each of the players based on when we did the Dolphins uh, roster assessment last week on the show. So lots to get into here today. Uh, but I do want to take just, just a hot sec, and I do want to talk for just a minute about the Dave Hyde story that came out yesterday. And if you missed it, it was a doozy. Uh, it effectively lines out what the Dolphins' plan A was for this offseason. And I'm going to generally keep the same energy that I had with all the Deshaun Watson stuff that came out a couple weeks ago. And that, you know, we want to be focused on the team that's here. We want to be focused on the head coach that's here. We want to be focused on the quarterback that's here because that's who we have for this upcoming season. That is, that is the members of the Miami Dolphins. And this is Miami Dolphins programming. Uh, this is, I, I try my best to just stay in my lane, right? But the story that came out, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, and I, I don't want to read a bunch of ex excerpts from a subscription story uh, from the Sentinel or anything like that. I want to be respectful to to what they are providing and the service that they're providing. And obviously, Dave Hyde's one of the greats on, on the beat. Uh, the Dolphins' original plan, according to the story that came out yesterday from Dave Hyde, was indeed what has been rumored off and on. Sean Payton, head coach, Tom Brady, a quarterback, Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator, 
apparently like this was all really well pieced together. The Brian Flores suit dropped on the team uh, in the beginning of the off season and we went a different direction. Some of the, just two key talking points here. And then I'm going to talk about why don't keep this on the back burner, but like, let's move on. Right. Sean Payton was reportedly, according to quote, a league source offered like $20 million per year to come serve as the head coach, of the Miami dolphins. Um, that's one talking point. Uh, the other talking point being that the dolphins were prepared to send draft capital to both new Orleans and Tampa Bay to get this thing done. Here's why, like, here's why I'm acknowledging it, right? Because this is one of those things. Sean Payton's now retired. Tom Brady is back with, with Tampa Bay after, um, retiring and stayed retired for about six weeks before unretiring and coming back for Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's personal situation right now. He is in the last year of his current contract. He will be a free agent at the end of the year. If Miami's season does not go the way that we are all hopeful that it will, this might be something we have to revisit. But, because it's it's still very, all of the variables that were at play will be at play again in the offseason. Tom's going to make a decision on do I play or do I retire? Sean Payton will not have coached, but and will still be available and uncommitted to a team. But I am so hopeful that we don't have to talk about this anymore. And the reason why we would not have to talk about this is the Dolphins meet the expectations that so many of us have for this football team, which is 11 wins plus, make the playoffs, win a playoff game. You do that, like, we're not going to be talking about Sean Payton next January. And I, I really genuinely hope that's the case. You know, the Dolphins have had a lot of, like, near misses as an organization in the last 15, 20 years. They think big. They like to think big. You know, they were interested in Drew Brees when Nick Saban was here. You had Nick Saban as the head football coach. That didn't work out. Left. We're interested in Peyton Manning. We were the runner-up, the runner-up. Apparently, like Peyton was like all in on Denver all the way anyway. Didn't get that done. Jim Harbaugh, the first time around, didn't get that done. Jim Harbaugh would go on to San Francisco and appear in a Super Bowl. Um, and now this kind of string of events that reportedly, and it is a report, it's not verified, but Tom Brady didn't do the story any favors to, to throw cold water on it when he was at the podium yesterday because he was asked and gave a calculated political answer, but didn't say no. One of these near misses has to work out in Miami's favor one of these times, right? And it looks like the Deshaun Watson one might be one based on the continued reports and allegations that come out against him and how close the Dolphins reportedly were to making that deal happen. And that, okay, that's a near miss that in the last 15 years, the Dolphins oh, 
that that's worked out in their favor. But Nick Saban going to Alabama, winning national championships, Drew Brees going to New Orleans, winning Super Bowl, Peyton Manning going to Denver, winning Super Bowl, Jim Harbaugh going to San Francisco, playing for a Super Bowl, having the success that he did. It's been a tough stretch of, of breaks. I want so badly this to be the one. Oh, the Dolphins almost went after Sean Payton and Tom Brady, but they didn't get it, and it worked out for them anyway. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be a nice change of pace? So, like, I'm, I'm sitting here acknowledging this because it's a, like a monumental story. And, like, Dave Hyde, I promise you, is not sitting up in his attic just making this up. To some degree, this has teeth. Had teeth. I hope it never gets teeth again. Because the Dolphins are due for a near miss to go in their favor. Not that, that that's not objective. That's not, that's just law of averages. Hopefully, one of these times, it's going to work out. Maybe this is the time. And if it is, this we'll, we'll never have to talk about this again. And I, I genuinely hope that to be how I, I wish to salute Tom Brady off into retirement and not welcome him as a potential quarterback. But if the Dolphins, you go 7-10, and 10, I promise you we will hear about this again in January. But it's the last you're going to hear from it here until we have to talk about it, if that is indeed how the season plays out. But the the details in which were included in Dave Hyde's story were enough for me to say, hey, you know, we, we should probably at least talk about this and acknowledge its existence because, man, there, there was a lot that was apparently lined up before the Brian Flores suit um, forced the team to, to go in a different direction. And certainly with, with the allegations for Flores of wrongful termination and you know, if you, you relieve him of his duty after back-to-back -back seasons and have somebody else in mind to already hire his replacement before you conduct any interviews at all, that had been a tough spot to be. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championships, the NBA Finals, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, all the latest fights, and of course, your NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So now let's, it's done. I, I checked the box. I acknowledge this huge story that, that was published yesterday. Let's talk about the Dolphins as they exist and not hypotheticals. Let's talk about. This roster, and ironically enough, I am going to use a hypothetical because I'm using my own 53-man roster projection for the Dolphins. Uh, but, but one thing that really pops to me, I'm looking at my 53-man roster projection and the relative athletic scores of all the players that exist within this 53-man roster projection. There are several tiers for the relative athletic scores. Uh, a 10 to an 8 would be classified as a green. That's like your elites and your very goods. So across all quarterbacks, I'll just use quarterback as an example. Across all quarterbacks, how athletic you are for how big you are amongst quarterbacks on a 0 to 10 scale. If you're an 8 or better, and this includes 
undrafted guys, combine invites, pro day guys, first round picks, seventh round picks, all of the above. And quarterback is, of course, a position where athleticism is less important, and it's ironically one of the uh, seven of the 53 on the roster in which the starter does not have an RAS because Tua didn't conduct any athletic testing because he had a broken hip. But that's why it's a good example to use. So I hope that paints this accurate picture of this is a historical snapshot of like the last 20-something years of how athletic you are. I actually think, I think he goes back to like 1990. So like you're talking over 30 years of a sample size here from Kent Platt, Math Bomb on Twitter. He does, this RES stuff is very good. It's very useful. It's very helpful. It's a great tool. The seven players on the 53-man roster projection that do not have an RAS score. Jalen Waddle, no testing with the leg injury. Lynn Bowden Jr., Brandon Jones, Tua Tungavaloa, Robert Hunt, Sam McGuavin, Jason Sanders. I could tell you I'm completely unconcerned with Jason Sanders not having an RAS score. Uh, and the quarterback position is one in which athletic profile is less important than your perimeter players uh, and your offensive linemen and your defensive linemen and your linebackers and everybody. Um, so I think two of the least important positions to have this kind of information for you have included here, which is good. Uh, you have two wide receivers, Waddle and Bowden. We know if Jalen Waddle was healthy and tested, he would have been an elite tester. That, that's very apparent when you watch him on the field. So there's only a handful of guys, Robert Hunt, Brandon Jones, Sam McGuavin, and Sam McGuavin not in the system because of his pathway to the NFL. A pretty untraditional path coming through the CFL, coming in as a younger rookie and so on and so forth. So that leaves you with a grand total, and I'm not a math guy, so let me make sure I get it right here. 46, 40, 46 players with a relative athletic score. And of the 46, here's what I can tell you. 18, so almost close to half, are an elite athletes at their relative positions when adjusting for their size. This is historical across all, all years of sample size. Byron Jones is a 10 out of 10. He's one of the best athletes ever recorded. Mike Isecki is a 9.97. Now, I think Mike's functional athleticism versus his testing athleticism, you could probably have a little bit of debate on how much carryover there is there, but I digress. Eric Rowe, believe it or not, uh, 9.93. Coming out of Utah, he, he scored very, very well. Jalen Phillips, 9.86. Uh, Xavier Howard with an asterisk. Uh, Xavier Howard's combine was awful. But then he went out to his pro day and tested much more in line with what your expectations were. His pro day, you put his pro day numbers in, not his combine numbers in, and it's a 9.83, elite athlete. Channing Tindall, 9.69. Elite athlete, Raheem Mostert, 9.58. Of course, injuries are a concern here as far as how much that's going to continue to sustain itself. But as of right now, 
elite athlete. Teron Armstead, 9.56, elite athlete. Javon Holland, 9.55, elite athlete. Cameron Good, 9.45, elite athlete. Tyreek Hill, 9.44. Austin Jackson, 9.42. Emmanuel Agba, 9.35. Jerome Baker, 9.27. Andrew Van Ginkle, 9.24. Sony Michelle, 9.13. Connor Williams, 9.10. Trent Sherfield, 9.03. Those are, those are your nines and above on the 10 point scale, adjusting for size in historical context. And you know what I think is really interesting about this group? Channing Tindall, Raheem Mostert, Teron Armstead, Cameron Good, Tyreek Hill. Technically, Emmanuel Agba, Sony Michelle, Connor Williams, Trent Sherfield. That's the additions this offseason. And by the way, the first RAS score, relative athleticism score for a player below a nine is a nine or is an 8.81, and it's Melvin Ingram. 10. This offseason, you have added that many historical context-wise elite athletes to your roster. Now, football is more than just a game of athleticism, right? Like there's more that goes into becoming a good football player, as evidenced by some of the names on here. Austin Jackson. But here's the thing. Austin, Andrew Van Ginkle, if you keep him in the right role, I think he'd be a very quality football player for you. Is he going to be an every down like star? No, probably not. Team stud, rotational pass rusher. Uh, Sony Michelle, Trent Sherfield, Austin Jackson are the nines that like from a evaluation perspective, Austin Jackson and Trent Sherfield are classified as um, replacement level players. As of my assessment of them as football players. And then Andrew Vingagel is quality depth. But then you've got quality starters based on my assessment of the players. Byron Jones, Mike Isecki, Jalen Phillips, Jerome Baker, Connor Williams. And then you have like elite players. Xavier Howard, Toronto Armstead, Javon Holland, Tyreek Hill, Emmanuel Agba for the Dolphins system. And then you have two rookies in this group as well, as well including Channing Tindall, who I have high expectations for. So this is, this is, there's very much a clear divide here. If I go down to the bottom of the bucket for the green subsection of RAS scores, which is eight, your elites and very goods. So 10 to nine is elite, nine to eight is very good. The only other franchise cornerstone player is in that very good bucket. It's Christian Wilkins with an 8.56. The only other players below that that are classified as quality starters, you know, if you get outside the 8.0 threshold and go further down, 799 to zero, the only players that are qualified through my roster evaluation as quality starters, are Zach Sealer, who's in the good tier with a 7-3-3. Three, three. 
a punter, Thomas Morstead, with a 6-2-3. So we have an interior defensive lineman, a punter, another interior defensive lineman, Raekwon Davis with a 5-9-9. He's a nose tackle. Can you think of one thing that's less important for a nose tackle than functional athleticism? And a fullback who's graded as a running back in Alec Engel. So that's the, it's a pretty neat trend where if you're looking for quality starters, quality starting players or better, elite players, for the Dolphins, unless you're an interior defensive lineman, a fullback or a specialist, all of those players fall in very good or elite tiers. And the Dolphins added a bunch of them this offseason. Think about that. Think about the, the influx in talent that we have received this offseason and how much more dynamic this roster now has the chance to be because those players are here. So we went through the elite players. Byron Jones, Mike Kosecki, Eric Rowe, and this, this is their athleticism, not my evaluation of them as players. Byron Jones, Mike Kosecki, Eric Rowe, Jalen Phillips, Xavier Howard, Channing Tindall, Raheem Mostert, Teron Armstead, Javon Holland, Cameron Good, Tyree Kill, Austin Jackson, Manuel Agba, Jerome Baker, Andrew Van Ginkle, Sony Michelle, Connor Williams, Trent Shurfield, 9.0s and above. We went through the players on the 53-man roster projection that do not have an RAS. Jalen Waddle would be elite. Jason Sanders, kicker, I don't care. Tua Tungvaloa, quarterback, quite frankly, could care less. I know he's a... Uh, quick-footed quarterback that can move within the pocket and get outside and roll out and throw in a run. Is he a running quarterback? No. I don't need him to be, though. So then you have Limbo and Jr., Brandon Jones, Robert Hunt, Sam McGuavin. That's that's about half the roster. Right? That's 25 out of, of, out of 53 names. Then you have your very good tier. Your very good tier, which is that 8.99 to 8.0 is an additional 10 names. Here's the 10 names. Melvin Ingram, we already mentioned, 8.81. Duke Riley, 8.79. Hunter Long, 8.63. Larnell Coleman, offensive tackle, was the seventh-round pick out of UMass last year. Uh, 8.59. Liam Eichenberg, 8.56. Christian Wilkins, who we mentioned, 8.56. Keon Crossan, 8.37. Clayton Fejdalum, 8.33, Noah Igbenogany, 8.02, and Chase Edmonds, 8.00. So we had 10 players that were brought in this offseason as elite players. And you have Melvin Ingram, or in, nine, and then including Melvin Ingram is 10. Keon Crossan and Chase Edmonds also brought in this offseason. So you're, ta you're talking 12 players as elite and very good, that green tier of like, hey, you're really going to move the needle for being a functional athlete for how big you are as a player at your relative position. If you look at the yellow bucket, which is a 799 to a 5, it's like you're, you're adequate. You know, it's, it's a word I find myself using more this offseason to describe certain players. Adequate athletes. Elandon Roberts, 786. But notice that's a significantly lower score than both Jerome Baker and Channing Tindall, who are elite athletes in the nine RAS. Tro Williams, UDFA from last year, 
774. Blake Ferguson, long snapper, could not care less about the athleticism of your long snapper, I should say. He does get down the field and do some work, though. Robert Jones, UDFA from last year, 734. Zach Sealer, we mentioned 733. Teddy Bridgewater, we've talked about the dynamics of quarterbacks and functional athleticism and how it really doesn't move the needle that much. 724. Hey, guess what? Skylar Thompson's the next name on the list. Seventh round quarterback drafted this year, 714. Eric Ezukanma, 705. Cedric Wilson, 681. Seathan Carter, 674. Durham Smythe, 635. Thomas Morstead, we mentioned six uh six point two three. Raekwon Davis, five nine nine, Michael Dieter, five four five. So your day three draft picks, two year three day draft picks, uh, come in this bucket as good athletes. And nobody would look at Ezukama and say, hey, that he's a dynamic athlete. Skylar Thompson is a pretty good athlete as a quarterback, but he's smaller, right? So what that it leaves you with four players on my projected 53 man roster that are below the five threshold and qualified as poor athletes. And again, this is based on when they came into the league. So some of these guys might be better. There's one guy on this list who I think might be better. And then a couple of guys or at least one guy who I can guarantee you is not as good of an athlete as he was when he first came in the league. We mentioned Alec Engel. I really don't care, though, because he's graded as a running back. 4-4-2 out of 10. Poor athlete. Yeah, poor as a running back. Adam Butler, 4.10. That is the third worst RAS on the 53-man roster projection. John Jenkins, 4.09. I guarantee you John Jenkins at this point in his career is nowhere near a 4.09. I would say he's probably the worst way to just an athlete. Uh, on the roster at this point in time. And the only other player that's below him, and I think this player probably scores a little better now because he's talked about becoming a professional and how he was out of shape and how he recompositioned his body. Nick Needham, UDFA uh, from 2019, has stuck with the team, really put in a lot of hard work and gotten better. Uh, his relative athletic score from when he entered the league was a 3.10. I guarantee you he's better than that now. You can see it. He moves better. He's in better shape. He's talked about that. Um, but that's that's why a guy like Nick Needham goes undrafted. Because he was not in shape and he did not test well. And that's a very statistical outlier. For you to be an undrafted player with that poor of an athletic profile who goes on to find success in the NFL. Tip the captain, Nick Needham. But you have more elite players on this roster than any other designation from relative athletics scores. Of the 46 players with scores, 18 were scored as elite athletes. 10 were scored as very good athletes. That is your green tier. Those are needle movers as far as athletes go. 14 good athletes. Actually, excuse me, 12 good athletes. Two okay athletes, though being Raekwon Davis and Michael Dieter, guys who play right in the middle of your offensive and defensive lines, but they're in the yellow tier. And then four players who qualify as poor athletes with some context. So you want to know who are guys the Dolphins are going to be very likely to go out and draft? Pull up 
Kent Platt's RAS metric next spring and start looking at guys that are 8.0s and above because that's 28 out of 47, 46 available players on the roster. I'm not a math guy, but I do have a calculator here. 28 divided by 46. Somebody probably knew it off the top of their head, but it was never going to be me. 60% of the roster. 61% rounding up. 8.0s and up. Now, if you if you cut your threshold off at 7.0 and above, that's about half of the good tier players as well. That gives you 36. Still not a math guy. That's 78% of the Dolphins roster is 7.0 RAS is in above. The more you know, right? And all of the Dolphins elite players are 8.5s and above. So if you want to start looking for correlations on guys who have the potential to be great, this tool, and this carries over. You know, you can look at other teams. It's... um. That's why this tool, I think, is very helpful and very cool. And it's it's neat to see the trends and um, where the Dolphins choose to, to invest in athleticism and how much it means to them. This is a very athletic team. And as we mentioned, 12 new additions to this roster that are considered very good or elite athletes just this offseason, I think it tells you what you should expect to see, which is a more dynamic team from top to bottom. And that can only be a good thing. Uh, We will be back next week. We, of course, have power to the pod. We are going to see what news pops up over the weekend. I'm sure we'll get something to talk about. Uh, We always do. Uh, But we will be back five days a week, next week, every week, here on Locked on Dolphins, your team, every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked on Network. Thanks, as always, for checking out Locked on Dolphins. Have a great weekend, and I will talk with you guys again on Monday.